Hello, and welcome to Nutritious, your guide to a healthier lifestyle. In today's episode, we'll be joined by Dr. Mary Bragg, an assistant professor in the, in the Department of Population Health Section on Health Choice, Policy, and Evaluation at NYU with her doctorate in clinical psychology from Yale University to explain how celebrity endorsements influence the obesity rates in society and steps the public should take. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Bragg. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Arnav. So numerous studies have shown that celebrity endorsements can easily sway one's purchasing decisions. But according to recent studies, these celebrity endorsements don't necessarily promote the best products, especially when examining the food and beverage industry. This is a topic that hasn't been carefully considered and requires special attention due to the rise in obesity rates. So Dr. Bragg, a lot of your research has focused around celebrity endorsements promoting unhealthy products in the food and beverage industry. Could you share some insights into how these endorsements contribute to the issue of obesity, particularly in terms of food choices and consumption patterns? Yeah, one of the things that I find most interesting about when, especially professional athletes like NBA or um, you know NFL players are promoting junk food like sodas or chips, is there's a real irony in the partnership because. We know that people who are, you know, training for the Olympics, for example, have to be in really peak physical shape. And so it's, it always struck me as strange to see maybe, you know, some Olympic athletes promoting junk food. And what my colleague Bridget Kelly in Australia has shown in some of her studies is that kids have a stronger preference or foods that are endorsed by professional athletes than foods that are endorsed by non-celebrities. And it's not surprising because celebrities are cool. They, you know, are famous and, uh, and they are sort of at the peak of their, you know, field. And, and so it makes sense that not only kids, but adults too would sort of gravitate towards the products that those athletes are promoting and something similar is true for, you know, music celebrities and, and other types of celebrities and even now influencers on social media. And so the link between these kinds of endorsements and poor diet is takes a while to show up. So if you think about when people smoke cigarettes, for example, they may not develop cancer for many, many years. It sort of takes a long time for the harmful effects to show up. And the same thing can be true for these kinds of endorsements. It might not be you know, we get exposed to a commercial here, a social media ad here, and it's sort of like a slow drip of exposure that we get accustomed to. But these ads that we see sort of set the norm for what we think is okay to eat, or they sort of signal to us like, oh, yeah, they, these, you know, if so and so drinks this soda or, you know, eats this candy, it's probably okay for me. And we might not even be thinking that consciously but it just sort of slowly changes our behavior over time. And then the health effects might not show up until years later, but by then the harmful effects have already been done. And now um, transitioning to the steps that the public should take. So a lot of, I know a lot of the stuff that you've done also focuses on the policy part of what can be done. So what steps do you think the public should take can take to be more aware of the potential negative impacts of celebrity-endorsed unhealthy products on their health? This question about policy impact and public awareness is such a good one because 
it's a really delicate balance. And the thing with marketing that is really insane is that even when we know we're being advertised to, it still affects our behavior. And so a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I see those ads on TV, but they don't, they don't affect me. I still like make whatever choices I want. And people feel that way because we want to believe that we're in control of our decisions and that we are autonomous and that we, you know, can sort of control our own destiny. And in many ways we do, but in the case of advertising, the ads are so persuasive and really can be convincing in subtle ways that they may just slowly chip away at our preferences, um, even if we're aware that we're being advertised to. So one of the things I always encourage people is, because sometimes people are like, well, we should just educate kids or we should educate adults to be more aware of the harmful effects of junk food advertising, and then they'll be able to defend themselves against it. But actually we've seen over and over again in studies that that's not true. You can sort of train people to be aware of advertising. You can train them you know, and educate them on the harms of it, and they're still affected by it. And so there have been some pretty powerful studies showing that, for example, if you bring kids into a lab setting, so like a room where, you know, there's a TV and snacks, and you show some of them food commercials, junk food commercials, and then you show another, uh, the other half of them non-food commercials, the ones who see the food commercials eat a lot more than the ones who see the non-food commercials. And the takeaway being, you know, that the exposure sort of prompts us to eat more. And so simply sort of being aware of it and aware of the harmful effects of it isn't enough to defend ourselves against it. And that's why I really like that you're bringing up policy recommendations because we know from other areas of public health research that policies can have a strong impact on behavior. So like in the case of tobacco, for example, one of the biggest drops we saw in tobacco purchases was when they started taxing cigarettes and it just made, you know, the product more expensive and people purchase less. And so, uh, so when we think about policies for um, these kinds of endorsements, it's really hard because in the United States companies, and this is sort of funny, but companies actually have free speech rights the same way that people do. And so um, so part of free speech protects commercial speech as well. And so in the same way that, you know, people have the right to sort of protest or um, speak their mind about their uh, religion, companies have a right to talk about their products as long as it's not misleading or deceptive. And so what that means for policy in this area is that it's really hard to put regulations in place that can help make it easy for people to make the healthy choice. But one thing that has been happening in recent months is really promising. So a few states, Utah, I think was the first one, uh, Louisiana, Texas, and a couple of others, Montana maybe, and um, they have started implementing policies that restrict uh, people's, young people under the age of 18, restrict their access to social media. And some of those policies actually have language about uh, sort of reducing advertising on these platforms. Because I think increasingly parents, policymakers, everybody sort of sees that these, you know, if you log onto Instagram or TikTok, 
there's so many ads and then there's also influencers sort of doing their own ads. And so these new policies are sort of an indirect way to address that commercial speech issue that I raised because um, what they're doing is these policies are set up to say, okay, if you're under the age of 18, you need to have a parent's you know, permission to be accessing social media. And in some cases they're saying, and our policy is saying that you can't target kids with ads. Um, and so what that may do is sort of reduce some exposure to these junk foods ads and we'll still see plenty of junk food ads. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they'll go away overnight or there will necessarily be a huge reduction. But the thing is we need a whole batch of policies and other interventions to sort of get a handle on marketing simply to make it easy. Cause all we're trying to do, we're not trying to sort of like, you know, we're not trying to t ban cookies, you know, no nobody wants to, um, sort of see people not able to have treats or you know the things that they want but it's just sort of to give parents a fighting chance to help their kids grow up without developing diabetes or diet related diseases so I think those social media policies are a good example of um, of uh, sort of the changing landscape and then the public can have like awareness of those policies and really support policies like that or ask their state, um, you know, state uh, policymakers to consider those types of policies so that uh, it can create a healthier food landscape. Mm -hmm. And I'm pulling up a study. It shows that like from 18 to 34 years old, uh, celebrity endorsements impacted the purchases of these kids by almost 28%. And that's really like a staggering number. It really shows like over, over a quarter of these kids are being impacted by a celebrity, which really shows how much power they can have. And especially when it comes to the context of, you know, rising obesity rates, I feel like this is a really a, an issue of paramount importance that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And, and when you think about it, it's because um, sometimes people will say to me, oh, well, you know, this is just one celebrity and one product. And does it really make a difference? And I'm like, listen, if, if these soda companies are spending $12 million or $19 million on this endorsement contract, we have to think that they believe that it works. And so it's, it's hard to believe that a company would, you know, drop $20 million on an endorsement contract unless they believed it was going to influence people's purchases. And so that's the other thing about this kind of research is that I sort of like to follow where the money goes and where it's being spent because it tells you what companies believe will work. And moving on to the last question I have for you today, and going back to your research, do you believe there is a responsibility on the part of the food and beverage industry to reconsider their use of celebrity endorsements for products that may contribute to obesity? Like I know you just mentioned uh, the Coca-Cola and the Coke industry. And what changes or regulations would you suggest to the policy? Yeah, this is such a great question because I like how you're putting the emphasis on the companies and not so much the athletes, because it's really like, if you think about you or I, if, if, uh, you know, Sprite came to us and said, here's $20 million. Um, would you stand up in a 60 minute commercial or 60 second commercial for Sprite and, and, you know, for a few years and we'll 
we'll give you um, this much money. It's really hard to turn, I would imagine um, it's really hard to turn that kind of money down. So I try to really put a lot of emphasis on the need for the companies to change their behavior, like you're saying, because what would be really ideal is if they were, um, you know, having athletes endorse, you know, flavored water or, um, or some of their, uh, lower calorie or healthier products. And, but they don't, they often are picking sodas, fast food, chips, candy. And so, um, so I think if the public puts pressure on these companies to create healthier endorsements, it's going to make it easier for the athletes to, you know, say, feel good about saying yes to, um, some of these endorsements and, um, and it will, you know, sort of, um, I think make people a little bit less concerned about this advertising landscape and, and it, you know, on the policy question, there have been about 12 other countries outside of the United States who have placed restrictions on, um, junk food marketing to kids in Chile, in South America, um, has one of the strongest policies. And so, uh, you know how, when you look at a, um, you go down the cereal aisle and you look at the boxes and there are those characters on them, like Tony, the tiger, mm-hmm. or, yeah, yeah. um, you know, the lucky charms guy yeah. whose name I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, so, uh, in Chile, those characters are not allowed on the boxes. And so when you look at some of those products, it's just a blue box and it has the cereal name, but the Tony the Tiger is not on the box. And um, they also have, the policy also has other components besides marketing. It it addresses, um, you know, a a few different things, but they've been finding some positive impacts of that policy um, because what they're doing is basically taking a lot of the like star power out of some of the marketing. So in the same way that for maybe you and I, uh, an adult celebrity who's like a musician or a professional athlete seems really cool to us. Tony the Tiger is that for, you know, a toddler. And so when you sort of remove that from the equation with a policy, it helps make it easier for parents to make it down the aisle and pick up something healthy without sort of battling their kid for um, picking up the junk food. So I think some of those other countries hold really promising um, lessons that we could learn from in the United States. Um, the the only sort of big hurdle we we face, I think that makes it uniquely challenging in some ways is that protection for commercial speech that makes it hard to hold companies accountable for what they're doing. Well, thank you so much for your time for allowing me to interview again today. It's been great. And you know, I think our audience really learned a lot about how these endorsements and how the policy and how these all different aspects can play a part in helping not promote these unhealthy products. Yeah, these were great questions. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And as a reminder for my audience, and if you have any questions regarding this episode or any others, please feel free to email me in the podcast bio. And if you want to stay updated on future episodes, please stay subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast platform to get notified when the next episode gets released. With that, I'm your host, Arnav Jane, and thank you for tuning into Nutritious, your guide to a healthier lifestyle.